Hi everyone, so here's another update on my thoughts on um, the idea of um, white supremacy. Um, and I know it's a very, um, you know, very raw first-hand account. And like I said, um, I don't plan um, any of these um, podcasts. I just sort of give a stream of conscience, consciousness um, and try to be as honest as possible. Um and as clear as possible. But um, I'm looking into moving um, out of this place because, like I said in the previous segments, um, I'm living with a narcissist who, yeah, is a white supremacist and then his flying monkeys. And even if they're not, I think they are quite racist actually because it's just this emblem, emblematic, this sort of behavior of racism. Even though, like, <laughs> you know, they really, really, really don't want to believe that they harbour these things but their actions and their behaviours um, are representative and they're representative of why we have a lot of societal problems and it just makes me sad at the end of the day because you think that people can just be happy for you if you're or you know willing to help you or whatever but they're not like I think that this systemic hierarchy um, subjugation of migrants, um, non-white people is just way too embedded, it's way too embedded and I've explained that in my previous segments um, why and I just looked at um, a graph of um, economic disparity, income disparity within different groups in the UK and obviously you know Bangladeshis and Pakistanis while well, we sort of alternate between being the, the least um, or the most least socioeconomically deprived group or the the group that has the least income, hourly rate of pay, etc. So um, uh, when you look at these statistics, like be careful um, to actually see a breakdown because um, Indians get paid a lot um, more than white people in some cases. So um, yeah, it's not always about race in terms of like just... Um, you know, not being white, but also like what the, which part of the world you're from. Because, you know, uh, India was partitioned in a way that would mean that there would be a segment, a large segment, meaning Bengal, um, which would be left to exploit separate from the bulk of India. So it was very strategic what they did to our country. Um, to separate, to divide and conquer, yes. Um, so that's why I do still hold on to my Indian identity because I think that that's just a construct that, um, you know, like my, my father was born Indian, my grandparents were Indian, you know, like my whole ancestry is Indian. So Beng Bangladesh is very new, um, but Bengal has obviously been there for a long time. So um I'm looking to move out of this place and I'm wondering where I can go because I can move into another flat share um, or I can move in with my family, I can be close to my family. So it's a lot of really big questions that I want to ask. Um, I need to ask myself, like, how can I live in peace? That's all we're looking for, really, like peace and safety. Um and then when you have your peace and safety is to be able to, you know, live your life as you wish and achieve the things that you set out to achieve. In my case, setting up my schools, in my case, having art projects, in my case, doing a project with my mom. You know, these are not um, 
extraordinary things. These are not like, these are just things that um, white people get to take for granted because they can, they've had their dominance over, you know, the arts and so many, and over education and all of those things. So it is a new thing to some degree. My dad did set up a Bengali school, you know, like a small Bengali school when he was alive. So education has always been like a big part of like his mentality, even though it wasn't like for my mom after my dad died. Um, yeah, so I think when you kind of like look at what you're trying to achieve and wondering like why um, you reach so many roadblocks, it's because, yeah, there's a lot of resistance to it because... Bangladeshis are expected to be a population that can only be exploited. Um, that's our function, according to white supremacy and according to colonialism and imperialism and according to the British um, establishment. Um, so I looked up briefly Bengal and the history of the British in Bengal and the number of famines that were caused and how many people starved to death in under British rule, and it would approach 100 million um, people starved to death um, in different parts of India, and there were a few um, uh, famines in in Bengal as well, um, resulting in millions of people starving to death again because the, of the British administration, the British exploitation of our land and our resources. So that's the history there. Like, I don't know if I'm being repetitive, but I feel like this is something that is not spoken about. Um, and so I'm going to keep talking about it and I'm going to keep um, bringing in new information and new um, parts of history and things like that. And just thinking like, how safe really is it for us to step out of our community? It's not safe. Um, we, we try, but we can't do it as ourselves. We would only have to conform. And then you have this term, which is um, kill the Indian, save the man. And it's basically a genocidal term, um, meaning kill whatever is indigenous to them. And they will become civilized and become a, a, a true man according to what the white man wants and thinks of himself as the only embodiment of what could be a human being, apparently. So look that up, that um, expression. It's um, fairly, I think that there's been a few people talk, like writing about it. I haven't looked into it too much, um, but I have, I do, I'm aware of it. Um, and um, I do find myself like not wanting to shut myself off from the rest of the world and hibernate into the space of my family because that's not healthy. But then when you, whenever you come out and you say, oh, you know, I want to explore the world and I want to share what I have and take and exchange and learn and... Um, uh, I don't know, like earn things through kindness and hard work and um, all of those things that you just want to be able to do as a human being because that's what we do. We are explorers. We human beings are explorers. That's essentially what we are. So to deny that um, to, and for that to be made such a challenge, you know, to leave your community because it's unsafe to leave your community. I know because I left home when I was 19. Um I know how unsafe it is. I know exactly how unsafe it is. Um, 
you know, I just want to be able to live in peace in an affordable place which is accessible to my mum and take care of her. I mean, is that too much to ask? Or maybe I'm not playing by the rules, you know? The preset rules, maybe that's the problem. Um, What are the rules, you know? That's the other thing, because they seem to be forever changing as well. So you're not in a sort of, like, space that makes sense. There's no justice, there's no, like, equality, there's no consistency. It's as they wish. Whether it's human rights, workers' rights, um, women's rights, religious freedom, freedom of speech, whatever it is, democracy, um, it's not some. It's something very malleable to the powers, and what what benefits the powers. Um, and we know that from the UN. We know that from the veto powers that the five um, nations have uh, over all the rest of the nations. And how is that equal? How is that fair? You know, um, so we know that we live in a world which is dictated by inequality and exploitation. To challenge that is like navigating a maze. It's like, and you're constantly walking into like dead ends. Um, and maybe ending up in like traps and like falling into pits and having to like fight off snakes and all that kind of thing, um, so, yeah, I guess it's a sort of, like, an odyssey, um, maybe I should read, um, some, uh, sort of old, um, stories, some myths and things like that, maybe it will make sense, help me make sense of my, my situation right now, sometimes I do feel like I entered, like, the, the, the belly of the whale, definitely did when I went to, uh, Italy, that's definitely how I describe it, um, I don't know if I've exit. I don't know if I've been spat back out yet, or if I'm still in the belly of the whale. Um, it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know that um, you know, as migrants finding a safe place to live, which is like the bare essential you need. Um is very difficult and everything that you earn through work is going to be paid on rent so you don't get to save up money there was one year in my life when I or two years when I managed to actually like save some money um and that's crazy like I'm 32 (laughs) and I've been working since I was 16 so that's what 10 14 15 15 years let's say because I didn't work all the time like 14 years let's say 10 years even and even from that 10 years of work I'm still struggling to find a roof over my head and not, um, you know, and, and find a way to set up my business without people dropping out of projects and all of these crazy things because you have to work with people and then when they stab you in the back, you know, because they're competitive and they feel threatened by your work, that's um, something that you have to deal with and I, I'm self-employed, I'm, I'm working for myself and that's, there's no liability there, there's the only person who has to take the responsibility for any fallout of anything to do with my work is me and I have to find another person to, do, to delegate to, to pay to do whatever aspect of the project that I can't do myself. But I'll give you some good news, I decided to um, apply for some funding for my photography project um so I looked into it last night and I found a website which has like a list of um um you know count uh the sort of funding um 
that, that is available at the moment for um, creative or artistic projects and I'm going to apply to them. I don't, I'm going to avoid like the lottery ones because I don't believe in gambling and I know it sounds a little bit like um, rigid but at the same time like I have principles like I don't want to take money from gambling. Um, uh, yeah I just think that I've, I when I was at school I knew a girl like she, one of my close friends at the time like this we were close when we were doing GCSE because we were in the same art class together and she was really good at art like I remember um feeling quite inspired by her actually um and um she her mom was a um was a gambling addict and at the time like I remember her coming into school and telling us you know what's been going on and you know like she didn't have her dad so it was just her mum and to be losing her mum to that um, was, I still remember it. I remember like listening to her and sort of feeling bad and not, yeah, like obviously I had my problems as well. So it was like, you know, we would always like share our difficulties with each other is quite a nice thing actually. Like being at school to, to a large extent, I had really nice friends um, who I had so much fun with and bonded with and so yeah I think just from knowing that and having that someone tell me that story like I feel like I can't condone um or support um gambling in any way or like even take something from that that's a product of that so um I'm looking for funding which is like you know just from other sources and like from like I think there's like a bunch um of other ones the main ones tend to be um, from the National Lottery Fund, which I just don't really have an interest in. Um, and yeah, I think that sometimes you can see that as something that's holding you back, like these sort of like principles that you have. But I think it just means that you're a slow burner. You're going to like slowly, slowly, slowly find your way. And that's OK, because you're going to learn a lot in the process. And I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have those principles you know like I would be a very 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 different in a very different situation um so I should remain true to that and I think that a lot of people who have been in hardship in in history books and things like that like you'll read stories about um I think it was a Jewish woman who was um I have to find the exact um story because a friend told me it and I'll ask I'll ask him to tell me where it's from but that she was, you know, I think she was escaping anti-Semitism. She was escaping the Nazis during the Second World War. And she found a clearing and she found a house. And I think that the people in the house offered her pork. Even though she was starving and she was obviously, you know, so in need um, of nourishment. And she refused it and I don't know there's something there in that story which I can kind of relate to which is that I don't know like especially as a Muslim who's been persecuted heavily um throughout my life um and even though people won't admit that they don't want to look at it they don't want to admit that that's what's happening that's what's going on um they're the people that I identify with you know they're the people that I see as heroes and you know, resilient, they don't crack under the, whatever the pressure could be, you know, and I find that it's very, um, I don't know, there's something, there's, there's a great beauty to that, I think, 
so I'll in the next episode I'll um I'll let you guys know where that story is from I hope I can find it I hope my friend can remember um but it I guess yeah it maybe I don't know there is just these um heroic stories that seem maybe small and insignificant but for others they're very meaningful um and I guess that's why I really love like um reading Primo Levi um I guess I couldn't say love in 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 the typical sense but um but I think it's something of heroism of of the human being um and that you know coming out of the other end um with your humanity intact and with your principles intact and who you were you didn't let that go like you didn't let the persecution or the torture or the isolation or the um everything that you lost change um who you are and that's really important um i'm not going to let these negative experiences change who i am i really hope that i can find a way out of this tunnel um it's really hard because i know that i can't live with my mom because she's bipolar and she's really 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 difficult to live with <laughs> um because she's just very traumatized and the extremes that she goes through are just really difficult for me to um handle um as much as I would love to spend a lot of time with her so I have to find her new accommodation I have to find myself new accommodation near her but n- not live with her but also find something that's affordable because London is very expensive so you know it's a whole bunch of things and you would yes like the standards of the some of the accommodation in this like there should be a standard and that standard is very it's not there <laughs> you can rent out like you know a terribly maintained or not even maintained at all um apartment and charge a lot for it and so it just takes a lot of time and energy so um at this point I was expecting to have started to like start painting in my room or something like that or sketching but here I am looking for another place to live so you know that impulse that desire that willingness or that that preparing myself to start uh painting um was something that I was sort of building myself up to and I thought that I could do here but you know like you can't live with people who are constantly competing and have to win everything like you it's just impossible um it's tiring it's not fair um they will pull you down and you can't create things beautifully and peacefully if you're in this kind of situation um i don't know if other people have been through something like this like i feel like can only happen to certain groups of people in a sense people who don't have like especially migrants and people who don't have a safe space to live um and have never really known that so for me it's um it's still a um what can i say like um it's something that i'm still searching for basically so yeah I have to work out what I'm going to do now. Um someone is interested in my room, so I have to like decide on a date and move out, but to where? To where? I've moved every an average of like once every year since I was 19. At least like I think it's 
when I was at university, I didn't have a stable place to live. I was subletting a, a cheap accommodation because I couldn't afford it. In London, my university was in central London and I had to be at least a little bit close and finding, again, like, a place where I could live where people weren't drinking all the time and, like, partying all the time because that's not what I wanted to do was very difficult. So that was, like, you know, it's always been a struggle to be who I am without intimidating people because even if you don't drink like that is a problem for people because they're like oh wow she's someone who has a lot of self-control um and you know unfortunately a lot of people are very insecure about their habits and if you're someone who's quite you know no actually very like no that's not something that I do like I drink water um (laughs) or pineapple juice and then it really this cultural the culture, the white culture, which revolves a lot around alcohol as well. Um, let's let's put that out there. Um, and their deification of the substance, and their you know finding that that's something that they can, um, you know, it's more important than people in a sense. Um, upholding that that aspect of their culture. I remember one of my friends telling me about her Syrian friend who was dating a white guy, and she went out to have a meal with his friends and. Um, uh, he got really drunk and he, um, started saying something like, oh, um, tell them what you, what your people do in Syria. You guys don't even drink, like you can't even get alcohol or something like that. And, you know, really like, um, belittling her and her country, which we know is in, is completely war-torn. So kind of like striking where it really hurts like they do that's very typical when I say when I talk about white culture and then combining it with alcohol and then combining that with you know their oppression of our people and of other peoples uh, especially you know the the, the colonies and the, the places which they've destroyed and continue to destroy because that's what all they know how to do um and I was really shocked that, you know, I was like, wow, like, would she stay with someone like that? And you know that I know from experience. Yeah, you do. Actually, you kind of say it's a one off thing. And those kinds of insults to your nationality, to your ethnicity, to your people, to your culture um, in defense of alcohol. It's very common. It's so common. Like you just have to go down to the pub and like of one of the hundreds of thousands of pubs and sit there for like five minutes before someone asks you why you're not drinking, you know? Um, and then becomes like very, very belligerent and um, rude and offensive and, you know, finds their excuse to um, express all their racism and sexism and Islamophobia and all of those things, xenophobia. And then the next day, you know, it's all forgotten. So that's white culture. Let's go back into, you know, what this whole podcast is sort of focusing on and why I find it so difficult to live in this country, because that's part of the culture. And of course, I'm, I don't adhere to that. Why should I? I I should have rights and full rights over what I put into my body, what I drink, what I don't drink, what I eat, what I don't eat. Why is that so much of a problem for people? You know, it is. It's, it's, it's always been a problem. So this lady, her partner made this dig, not just to her, but in front of his friends as well. And, you know, I think she had a conversation with him about it afterwards and, um, you know, kind of like all was forgiven, but I know, again, from experience, that it's going to happen again. Because it's it's a cultural thing. Um, And cultural change is not easy. It's not something that happens overnight. So that kind of behaviour is not going to 
just disappear because someone apologised or because, you know, maybe um, it can, but trust me, I'm, you can talk to anyone who's been abused by someone else, like someone while they're drunk, like, or someone who's very defensive of their drinking habits, you know, like, where that goes. Um, I think we all are, you know, very aware of that, but very much in denial about it at the same time. Um, you know, in this country, when lockdown was eased, the first places that were opened were the pubs. Um, I remember going downstairs when, I think it was the first day of the lockdown had ended, um, beginning of summer, and the pubs were open, I think, very, 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 very early in the morning. I think they were open at 6am. Um, and, uh, yeah, the people there with their buggies and their babies and, you know, like, crowds of people, like, drinking out in the streets and stuff like that. So it's just like, okay, this is white culture. Remember that. Um, when we're thinking about, like, even in indigenous parts of, uh, in indigenous communities in, in, um, America, um, look into it. There's, um, they have their, uh, sort of reservation, I think, their, their land where they live. And then just outside of there, there's like white men, white, white people who will have set up alcohol businesses to um, draw in the uh, persecuted minority as uh, so that they would purchase alcohol to um, ease their suffering. Um, and a lot of there's a huge problem of, of, of addiction now in, in those communities. Look it up. Um, I think there's an article about it on National Geographic or something. Someone definitely did run an article like there was definitely a piece. So again, this is white culture. So if you want to know what white culture is, I've covered it in the previous um, video, uh, sorry, podcast, um, brief, not briefly, just expansively, actually. This is another aspect. Um, so how do we find a way to live here um, without a cultural change? Um, is it possible? I was born here. So what are my options, you know? Do I go back to Bangladesh? Do I find a middle way um, somewhere in the Middle East? Where would that be, given that so many of the countries have been destroyed and are totally destabilised? Um, or have been taken over by, like, military dictatorships, which are, you know, supported by the West? Where do you go? Um, to Italy, where, you know, there is basically, like, a massive fascist stronghold to France, where there's basically, a, you know, again, the same Islamophobia, you know, people competing to be the most hateful people possible towards migrants. Um, Germany, I don't know, like, um, I'm not very good at German, like, it's not an easy language for me to learn for some reason. Um, never really managed to get it out of my mouth very easily, um. So, yeah, I don't know, like, Berlin, I know people say that, you know, people, most people speak English there, but I really prefer to go to a place and learn the language um, that I like. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, maybe Switzerland, maybe, you know, where, where do I go? Like, if it's, but then my family is here. So, you know, it's very difficult, Our, the splits and the, the decisions that we have to make and the plates that we have to juggle are beyond anything that these people here would know anything about where they've had their comfort and they haven't had to like migrate halfway across the world just to be able to feed their families um which again is emblematic of the fact that um you know Bengal was exploited so so terribly um because people would, were so poor um that they obviously had to leave in order to send money back and actually feed their families, like my family did, like my dad did. 
and it's not like they were, my dad supported like just his own family he would support several families he would support my mum's family like his wife's family so you know this is heroism this is true um this is truly a, a beautiful way to live but is really undermined and underlooked and put down and our hard work is always like resented and if we get something good out of it it's resented like my dad's car windows would be smashed in by white white racists I mean and he'd go to the police and they wouldn't do anything about it so you know this is the life that we have to live that's how dangerous it is for us that's how dangerous it is for us I don't know how many times I have to say this like before this is something that is taken seriously but I'm gonna keep saying it every single day probably until I see and we see some sort of cultural change and recognition of what is going on here um even if it's a small change I feel like things are getting worse because yeah like there's no justice um and without justice where do we go um what can we do it's never ending if there's no justice um really so um that's everything for today I think um and I hope you found that interesting it's a very difficult time for me right now I'm feeling very um very pensive like I'm thinking a lot about things because I'm trying to work out what I need and what I want and what is safe and what is feasible and what is affordable and what makes sense and what I can do long term and all of those things and you know, how much time do I want to spend here in the UK and how much would I be able to get away as much as possible and where would I go and all of those things. So it's hard, it, you know, not confining yourself to the very, very, very small box underground that you've been confined to um, because you're not supposed to be visible either um, is hard becoming visible is very hard um yes it's 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 very 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 difficult um to say I'm a Bangladeshi woman and I'm visible and I have a voice and I have things to say um it's very dangerous um so I can't emphasize it enough um I think we've been conditioned as a society and always have been for a long time actually I don't know I think the second world war again is a good um indicator of this um of who we should care about and who we shouldn't care about and that's something that we think that we accept that other people can dictate for us and that you know the government can dictate for us or leaders can dictate and it's like what happened to humanity like everyone matters like it's it's um it's 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 bizarre that we're we're still here in this um in this super super rabid um racist uh white supremacist existence um and so it's 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 really it's really obvious that people can be told on mass who's who's human and who's a human um and they will follow it that's fine so at the moment muslims are not human we're not considered human bengalis are not uh considered human so and that's because people are told that and it's acceptable um so yeah uh people just are very much like sheep i think um kant wrote about it uh in one of his books 
probably should find that book and reread the introduction um, on like human behavior and leadership and those kinds of things. Um, but you know, that's where spirituality really has a really big role because you don't have to be, you can be anywhere and be a spiritual person. You can be anyone and be a spiritual person. Uh, it's so limitless in that sense. It doesn't have boundaries. So, um, that's, I think the only sort of salvation in a sense, like, um, to have some sort of spiritual, uh, life and, um, uh, spiritual meaning to your life. Um, which transcends like the tangible and you know yourself and what you can see and what is immediately in front of you so I know it's it's probably like for me it's very easy to say you know like treat people equally but for some reason it's it's not so it's not so um widespread for some reason I don't know it's it's quite sad um it's very sad actually um so I'm gonna leave it there and um wish me luck I as I as I said in the last podcast, I think at the end of the last podcast, because I really need it. Um, I'm really sad because I set up my room really nicely. I really thought carefully about how to set it up. And again, I have to move because we can't have nice things, you know, like that's not for us. We have to pay a price if we want to, you know, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, this situation where white people have to put you down and bring them down bring you down to their level um because they're so uncomfortable with how great you are (laughs) like I'm not even gonna like should like like hide this aspect of myself because why should I like I have a lot going for me um I've worked for it I've observed so many things and I've supported so many things like and people and like as friends and you know because that's what where curiosity takes you um to have accumulated like a really beautiful wealth of knowledge of and experiences and things and I'm really happy with that that's never going to go away um it follows me it's me it's who I am uh it's inside me it's around me um that's my energy that's my existence and I will never change that for anyone or anything if uh, an environment is not conducive to me and my brilliance, then I'm very happy to leave that environment because why should I stay in a in a state in a in an environment which is bringing me down? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, so the search continues for a safe place to be myself, without shame, without humiliation, without bullying, without judgment, without any of those things, um, without being attacked, you know, directly and indirectly and underhand and covert in so many different ways, like, I don't know what that's, what, like, I don't recognise it, you know, it's quite, um, yeah, and this perpetual sort of, um, belittling of my intelligence, which I think is, is another thing, which is, like, yeah, white people love to do, um, they love to, you down and not let allow you to think that you could be smarter than them basically um but anyway I'm going to leave it there I'm trying to keep these um podcasts like within 40 minutes so I'm doing well um so I'm gonna do another podcast tomorrow I hope you found this interesting and I'll um speak to you all soon bye